And welcome to the Run Amok Podcast. To behave or run around in a wild, unruly, out of control manner. Welcome to season two, episode 23. Shout out to Dick Dickey of the Run Amok Podcast, Juncture Magazine's customer service podcast, offering news and opinions from the world of sports, pop culture, and our world this week. As always, I'm your host, David Stahl, and I'm joined by my man, Carson Cooper, and later on, Caleb Beer. He mm-hmm. will be here. But first things first, we got to address no producer Gary here today. Unfortunately, very unfortunate. He is. Uh, he had a uh, unforeseen prior engagement, which is a rare conundrum to fall into. But he uh, he pl- planned a whole camping trip, forgot that he would be away for the podcast, which is mm-hmm. fine. Taking a well deserved, uh, I almost said cerveza. Well, he could be word. having one, but he might be. He yeah, perhaps sipping on a well deserved cerveza. Perhaps. So I'm going to be. This is a little bit of a forewarning for people that. That old, that old Davey is going to be rocking the, the ones and twos, going to be mm. making sure we're recording. So the levels might be a little off. The video quality, oh, it's going to be a little low. It's going to be this a little may, lower. This may or may not be the second or third time you're hearing this right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Could be our, Just something's gone awry. I put This the could be our third go through. They don't know that. Yeah, yeah, third go through. Well, not you recording. shouldn't say that at the first go through of recording, though. You know what I mean? Because now yeah. they're thinking it, and if they're well, listening to exactly. this, I think they, they always should have had that in mind. <laughs> okay, if, okay. if you're on the ones and twos, I think we should be worried. Is all I'm saying. Sure, I think that's fair. We like to be a very transparent podcast now, and and who knows? Who knows how long producer Gary will be gone? Because rumor, I look, I'm just hearing some rumors coming from the campsite. Some people are saying he got eaten by a bear. Coop. Oh, I heard I heard consumed by poison ivy. So we're hearing conflicting reports out of the uh, the campsite. I look. I told you earlier today. I, I went camping on uh, on Sunday. Quick little, just testing out the tent, making sure uh-huh. it, it's working for the the backpacking trip this weekend. And I straight up was like standing, not even <laughs> like accidentally stepped in. I was standing in a bush uh-huh. of poison ivy. Uh, I thought it was instant. I thought it was like an instant thing. Apparently, pro tip out there, you can swash it off and and you're good, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So the more you know. Doo-doo-doo. The more you know. Now I know. Now, let's show it. First things first, though, people are going to know it because I, I, I have people bring it up uh, last year around this time. Yeah, my hair is tied up and I'm not going to do the turnaround and let you see it. I'm just like, like hey, it is tied up. We're okay. throwing the hat on, and that's how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. And that's what you get. And some people say, "I don't want to see it. It looks hideous. I hate it." I think no. I I, I think we need to see it though. No, you no. The point is because, and I'll tell you why I'm not showing it off because I got a certain amount of feedback last week on the length of my hair, on the state of my facial hair, and there was a certain comparison that was made that I'm trying to distance myself from. So so. Getting to see my luscious locks is a privilege. And unfortunately, uh-huh. it's been taken away for until I'm able to get a legal sanctioned haircut. 
by the province of Ontario. That's fair. I mean, mine's, I got to cut mine hidden by, like, I don't look. I mean, I, come on. When it, no, when it poofs up, I, I kind of look like, I made the reference uh, I mean, earlier that I, that I kind of look like Louis Riel. And, um, and our good friend Charles said, who's that? And that really bothered me, especially being um, actually a French Canadian. Quebecois, uh, yeah. It really bothered me. And I said, well, we, we have a, a national holiday actually in Canada named after Louis Riel. And he goes, yeah, I've never heard of him. And as a history teacher, <laughs> yeah. that really rubbed me the wrong way. So <laughs> this has got to be maybe not our funniest, definitely not our most relevant, but probably the most informative so uh-huh. far. Get some poison ivy tips, get a little Louis Riel insight. Oh, dude, I almost forgot. Last things last. Dicky Dick, or no, Dick Dicky. Is Dick. that a real Dicky Dick? <laughs> cousin of Marky Mark. Uh, <laughs> was Dick Dicky a real basketball player? You're on your own this time. A real yeah. basketball player that wore number 23. Also, hilarious is, is 23, the number of the two greatest basketball players of all time. Of all time. Um, and that's something now, that will come up later. But it is was Dicky Dick the third greatest of all time well, to wear it? likely not. But... Was Dicky Dick a real or Dick Dicky uh, a real Dick Dicky, a real person? Now I don't know if the real man himself would have went by Dick Dicky, mm. or would That's they? That's what I'll say. I'm not allowed. To, I'm not allowed to change any of that stuff. I can't change it to a Robert to a Bob or vice okay. versa, or a, a Richard to a Dick or a Dicky. I can't make any of those changes. Whatever it is, um, Basketball Reference, I put in. Or how do you spell Dicky? That's none of your goddamn business. Yes, it um, is. Let me see what I typed out uh, with a Y. <laughs> uh, I hope you're not so childish to make this a false one. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with true. Yeah, it is true. It yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that would have been a, 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 a bad look for the podcast if it was yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, great call. Now, Coop. You just watched, because of course, as always, we are going to jump in to our Bachelor talk. Then we're going to get in, and as we've been doing throughout the postseason, we're going to touch on every single NBA series. People seem to like that format. I mean, people listen to some of those breakdowns who aren't even NBA fans. We're going to be going through rapid-fire questions during the NBA section. We're going to be talking about every single series. But first things first, you just watched on Tuesday afternoon, last night's Bachelor episode. It's fresh in your mind. Okay, give me what you you loved it, correct? I think we yeah. both loved this episode. So, yeah, we talked about it a little bit this morning, not the details of the episode, but just kind of the, the general framework of the episode. You said that, you know what, you really enjoyed the episode. And midway through, I thought to myself, you know what? This is one of the best Bachelor or Bachelorette episodes I've seen in a long time. It had a little bit of everything for me. It, it, it did. It quite literally had a piece of everything I'm looking for in an episode. And for yeah. that, I, I honestly, I love this episode. I saw some people being like, hey, I'm done with, I'm done with these physical dates. I'm done with seeing guys wrestle and fight. Are you kidding me? I want to see that every season. The show is built on, yeah. That's what this show is all about. You get yeah. guys getting too competitive. There's nothing better than a hardo who can't put his ego aside and have fun in the game and has to take dodgeball too far or for has sure. to like give some put some guy in a rear naked chokehold in a uh, a mud wrestling match exactly and gold and also the episode wasn't necessarily defined by that we had the the huge uh first portion of the episode uh, that was very like sentimental intimate with with greg and and katie uh then moved into and virgin mike virgin mike that was very sentimental 
dude like all right yeah. you know what okay. okay let's let's jump in chronologically let's jump sure. in chronologically because there's there's so much to touch on here the first group date first of all we're, we are we're getting a little beat over the head with the sex positivity stuff yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it and we do this date a lot we this isn't just for KDC's season the no, type it, of like oh we're gonna sexualize yeah. the people early put them out of their comfort zone etc I don't know, but it's kind of like, yeah, I, I get it. Katie's horny. They're beating I, a dead horse with this one. Like, it's a, a, little, it's a little overboard. Man, these are always nightmares for, like, I don't know. Th- these ones, like, I'm, like, it's just a daunting thing for these guys to get put through. Every time I think, like, how do you even, not even, like, the sexuality of it. Just coming up with something on the spot, knowing it's going to be on TV. Like, they've done stand-up. They've done roasts. These things are all... Yeah, terrifying. To oh, me. and dude, they're designed to just make cringe television. Like yeah. they're 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 designed to humiliate some people. Well, and humiliate it does, and, and we'll get into <laughs> our our boy Carl. But uh, let's talk first. Our, let's our touch boy. a little bit on uh, on uh, VM Virgin Mike. Uh, yeah, they're look. They, I thought they were going to play off it a lot, but this might be the only time it's really brought up. I don't know. It was painful at first when he was crying in the confessionals dude. because. I thought he was going to fall apart. For sure. Watching that, I, I felt really bad. Like, honestly, I felt like that level of uh, anxiety that he probably felt as well. Like, I mean, it, what, a, what, a, what a terrible first kind of uh, introduction to the show yeah. for you if you're in that situation, right? And they're hitting like, him with the zoom-ins a- on the Jesus cross. Like, Jesus is just looking disappointed on the yeah, cross. Yeah, like, exactly. Really, Mike? Really? And uh, for, for a second, like, I thought he was going to kind of crumble a little bit. Maybe, yeah. like, I don't know. I thought he was going to talk to Katie like beforehand individually which is a weak move which is but you know what he played that beautifully like he perfectly strength because he knew and katie said this too he knew the kind of the kind of person i am yes he was totally accepting exactly yeah yeah and And so how do you not give that back to him exactly and she she did which was which i thought was awesome and it really uh actually made me quite happy but that that's who like that is what I, i i look for in the most of like a partner, even friends, even people I just want to be around is someone who's going to like, just be them. And he yeah. did like, it's like, Hey, this is my version of being the best lover possible. Like this is well, the only sure. way I know, you know how. Exactly. And I, I think, um, I think everybody played into the term lover a little too much. Like almost everybody that we got to see and what mm-hmm. they kind of promoted um, was just like over sexualized kind of, kind of things or kind of stuff. And we're Whereas, cool getting getting sexy with it. We're not opposed. No, not at all. But I mean, they use the term lover as like you know that doesn't necessarily mean a sexual act. Like it can be intimacy sure. in other ways, which is what Virgin might kind of play to. And I, you know, you know, I guess that was his only card to play. But he, that's, I that's totally fine. agree. He played it well. It's like they had the sex expert in and etc. So it was like sex based sure. at the bed there. But what I will say is like, hey, we're not talking about how you're gonna uh, seduce a hookup or a third date. We're talking sure. about your wife. Your wife. And I would yeah. hope there's some emotion in there. There's some affection in there. It's not the same, like, but again, some some guys kill it. Like Trey, I actually really like Trey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think yeah, he, he's a too. funny guy. I think Katie's gonna take his heart and put it in a, a meat Grinder. processor, like <laughs> just grind it to shreds. Um, same with Mike, same with Connor. I think some of these dudes are in for a rude awakening at some oh, point. But I, when Connor oh, I don't know. Carter's gonna get his heart shredded. He is gonna get his heart shredded. I like the song. I like the song. Um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. But so let's get to Carl. Let's get to Carl because look, I said it last week. I said, look, let's cut the shit. 
Carl's a scumbag. I called him a scumbag episode yeah. one after maybe he said 25 words. And you guys were like, like you were on board, but you were like, whoa, scumbag. Like that's a quick distinction. And I think we're all comfortable agreeing. Fuck this guy. I hate Carl. Yeah, yeah, man. Has there, first of all, has there ever been a less convincing motivational speaker ever? That's, that has to be fake, bro. Like you can't tell me people pay to go see that guy speak. Well, go check out his Instagram. It's worth seeing because he's got, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. His career is bullshit. His whole persona is bullshit. The way he interacts with everybody. He's a, he's a weasel and a snake at the same time. We're yeah. talking two competing different animals, a weasel and a snake. They're not even like, they're not even compatible. They're not compatible whatsoever. Somehow he's both. He transcends <laughs> sliminess i hate this guy he's got pictures of him like on a whiteboard with his weekly schedule and it, it says like wednesday contracts uh thursday getting it done like just bullshit like dude your whole vibe is a scam i hate this guy he also refers to wooing katie as sealing a contract he's like this is what i do on a daily basis like i seal contracts i get deals done getting this rose is like sealing a contract yeah and he kept saying like uh, lines like oh and so the competition begins like here yeah, we dude like, you're a yeah. douche yeah you're looking for, everyone just you're looking everyone's kind of giving the steak face yeah and now so we're not doing the draft this week because producer gary's gone but that being said i just want to mention one guy um, thomas i mentioned him last week i am all in yeah all in on thomas tall dark handsome still a little sweaty still yep. a little sweaty still i'll a little give moist. him that the no, man uh, needs no a, a, t- a towelette, but uh, <laughs> but I don't know. He's my dark horse. I like him a lot. Then we jump into Greg's one-on-one a little bit, yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was very interesting. Give me give me your thoughts on that. So, at least the first part of the date there, for sure. And I'd like to I'd like to formally apologize. Last week, I, I think I was a little harsh on Greg. Um, oh, okay. I, I was. Do you remember harsh. you said? I don't remember you being no, crazy harsh. I just, I just said, I, I don't know. I just don't think he was really for me. He wasn't really doing it for me. He kind of yeah. gave me some weird vibes at first. Well, he was super nervous. Well, it was when we were talking about how nervous he was. And yeah. I, I was just saying like, yeah, at the same time though, I said he spoke like a, a grade 10 student. Okay. Yeah. That's what I said. And you know what? He, he still looked a little nervous, uh, like this episode as well, but I think he, he really impressed me a lot. Yeah. Yes. Did he lie straight to her face by saying he's an outdoorsy guy? For sure. But that's got- so funny to me. That's so endearing. <laughs> yeah, like that, sure. I would, I would like, I would do the same thing. I Absolutely. could see myself doing the oh, same I, thing. I, I would I do the same thing. Do like she the outdoors. But like, if she was anything. like, she could have been like, are you this type of person? I was, oh, yeah. Oh, oh are you a cyclist? And I like, I like to ride my bike and I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> I'm a huge cyclist. And then you yeah. get going doing it. Yeah. It's like, you're on a first date. You want to find commonalities. For sure. Um, no, I, I really liked it. You know what? I was thinking this too um even this episode like katie was really impressed with me like just being the, the bachelorette like i thought she, she, we know that she's really fun and she's you know really energetic but like even i thought like this style of date just kind of not roughing it outdoors but it was something different that we don't usually get to see yeah. um just that, that kind of style of date not that she necessarily picked it herself she's um, got character I, she's, she's got, got layers yeah, she's got she does character. have a lot of character and and obviously it reminded her of her her childhood too so i kind of like that cute connection there um i really liked greg i came out liking greg a lot out of that that date um yeah they're really cute together they they, they laugh together they kind of get each other um, she uh, she did take him to a fallout wasteland let's not get it twisted oh, i've never said no god damn was that ugly like the mounds yeah. were beautiful but 
took him to like some quarry yeah, the I don't Mojave know. Desert yeah yeah and she made him create a toilet sound it I'm just saying like Brie wouldn't have stood for this bullshit date no. she would have gone oh. there and been like oh cool I'm going the fuck home now <laughs> at first though I will say and I don't know if you thought the same thing because I was texting with someone and and they thought the same thing when I, like I thought Greg totally dropped the ball with the conversation when when Katie was talking about the death of her, her father f- at the first part of the date he kind of goes like oh yeah I understand and like and he yeah, just kind of it kind of ended like I'm that I'm so sorry and then he's like want to go fishing and I was like Greg dude yeah. she just hit you with some heavy stuff like talk back and I was also like making fun uh, not making fun of him but I was saying like dude you don't understand shut the fuck up yeah. right and and then after i was like so yeah, i, I'm, I, th- I'm I thought idiot. the exact same thing too i honestly I, I had my head down for a second i was looking at something on my phone and i thought like i thought i missed a, a part because how quickly mm. they transitioned into to fishing yeah but um yeah that was definitely a missed opportunity obviously the guy was put in kind of an awkward position like he was super nervous probably at well, that point and didn't know how to respond obviously. i mean i i think like, he was uh, emotionally hit like a girl brings up that her father passed away and yours sure. has freshly yeah. passed well, away that's, I mean, that's just it i think he probably wrote that to himself too and and yeah probably had a lot of uh, emotions running running through that and i thought the same thing when he said I, like i completely understand like i'm thinking like no you don't dude like yeah why, why would you say that um but obviously he then later on shared his uh, his story as well so and like you, I've been doing 180s on Greg this whole time, it feels like. I'm starting to like him. I'm wondering if he's peaking too early. I'm a little worried he's peaking too early because there's just no way. This is the Bachelorette we're talking about, man. There's no way it's going to be smooth sailing all the way. So all I'm saying is get ready, Greg fans, because there's going to be something, right? Like this dude isn't sure. perfect. And the relationship isn't perfect. I was thinking that too. We've seen it time and time again. Those, uh, those early one-on-one dates go so, so well. You'll hear the bachelor and the bachelorette saying, you know, like I might be falling for this person. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's good. But that peak is that's early on to be peaking yeah. like that, right? Yeah. And then if you don't keep up that kind of, as, as a contestant, if you don't keep up that kind of expectation that you've set, right? If you're not going above and beyond in every little interaction you have with the, the bachelor or the bachelorette, yeah. you know, you can easily kind of get swept under the rug for a while and, you know, mm-hmm. lose that initial connection that you that bar that you set so high so uh, that'll be a bit of a challenge going forward i think for for greg and kind of going off the idea of of him peaking early now i did bring this up to you because i'm wondering we got some listeners who are very deep in the bachelor cinematic universe so i'm sure that they've seen some of this stuff i'm seeing articles i'm seeing posts about greg being a player not being ready for a relationship from various exes and kelly keegs of barstool uh, it was on Chicks in the Office, and shout out to Kelly Keegs. We love her, but she was talking about how her friend went out on a date, and he came off as a, a dork and kind of a fuckboy. It's like, okay, you've known him for two hours, or you've dated him for a month, or whatever. It's like, oh, I dated him for two weeks, and he said he wasn't ready for a relationship. No, he wasn't ready for a relationship with you. That doesn't mean he's not ready to get married. Just because people date a lot of people, look, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. We've dealt with people who've done bad things on this show before, right? That's not brand new. It's it's like, hey, slow slow your roll. Let someone grow or let someone find their person. Like, hey, you don't need to be putting everybody on blast for- Yeah, not everyone has to be on blast for their- An Instagram repost. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Let's jump into the second group date, because like we said before, I love an overly physical date. Now, 
one mini takeaway i think john is going to be america's sweetheart i mm. a, a great smile I, I think he's destined for paradise in, in the best way possible um now aaron and cody's beef being from real life it, it's simply the only possible explanation because we talked about last week how the how did this how did this come about how no yeah. context they offer nothing the bachelor that is not like the bachelor producers to not give us any buildup whatsoever no we were left puzzled and i'm still i'm still left Bro, puzzled so this whole episode like time and time again people are trying to figure out whether it's the contestants or katie trying to figure out okay so where does your beef like stem from and all we can get out of either of them is we know each other from san diego we're not really friends but i don't like the guy like based off of what like what are you what's your Give What's me some issue? give me some specifics. Yeah, and how something. is how is no one asking for these two? How is I don't even, know. Like, hey, seriously, like Aaron, I need to know what happened. He goes, he just acted rather uncouth at certain points. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. No, and, not fair enough. What when, what is malicious about him? You gotta when, tell me. When Cody is fighting for his like remaining spot on that show, and she like she gave he gave her no no explanation about anything he said the same thing he goes i honestly i don't even know where this is stemming from like we but know each other said, from back in san diego and tells me all i need to know that, well, exactly like, tells if me you all can't... I, cody no like i don't know which side you're going but cody you have to know something For and sure. if you are innocent you're gonna be like look it's this he's blown it out of proportion and also if you're an actual good dude you're gonna fight to be on the show if you're exactly. a dude who just wanted to come out squeaky clean and like look okay you're gonna be like okay you know what this is not gonna like i can already tell which way the edit's going i'm just i'm taking my chips and i'm, I'm leaving while i'm behind i think that's for what sure. he did he was like fuck it just get me off this show because i'm not oh, for sure good. dude his his exit told me everything i need to know about him and also like the fact that aaron was so nervous telling katie maybe this yeah. sounds dumb but that to me it made me believe him more because like he he was so nervous talking about it i didn't want to go into like specifics yeah. i also <laughs> I also reached out to Cody for some answers. And I, I, I reached out for, for comment last night as soon as it happened. Um, he hasn't read the message yet, hasn't seen it. But Cody, the ball's in your court, dude. We want to give you a platform because right now you look like a big old D-bag. I don't know. Like, it's just, you didn't come off great. He went to immediately to his stories and was like, tag me, tag me in any posts or stories uh, with hashtag I'm with Cody. And I was like, dude, uh, I mean, this is not really the social advocacy yeah. the world is begging for right now. And traditionally, like, we see when when, um, when someone comes to the Bachelor Bachelorette with, you know, some dirt on another contestant, usually we're always like, oh, like, you know, focus on you. You're there for, like, to find love. Don't like yeah. incorporate yourself with all the drama. Uh, I think this is one of maybe the rare cases where like, you know what? Like Aaron kind of nailed the spot, spot on. Well, like he, it, it was pulled out of him. I don't know if it was worth it. I don't really even care about either of these guys, but sure. he, he didn't like bring it up, I guess. Maybe it was more obvious. Cause to me, I was like, how is that? Like, how are all three women? Like, so it's so obvious just cause they didn't like look at each other before. And you know what? I, I bet you it wasn't that obvious. I Producers bet you told them. Would, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, you can't tell me that they all notice, like, oh, they're like they're wrestling in mud, dude. Like, yeah, you're not gonna yeah. notice that they, and of course, the two of them were specifically matched up, yeah, like, yeah, right. So, 
And uh, yeah, and then so um, week two, the here for the wrong reasons count. We're at like 10 to 15, dude. We're at 10 to 15 already. Wait till, wait till we get to the cocktail party. Well, let's yeah. jump right in. Let's jump into the cocktail party slash rose ceremony. First of all, Michael, my man, the guy who I said looked like he looked, he gives a little bit of like John Cryer from Two and a Half Men energy. <laughs> he also, um, I just recently watched the bucket list. He, he reminds me of Sean Hayes from Will and Grace. He's also the assistant in the bucket list. It reminds me of that. He's just got a, he's got a look. Look, I don't even like throwing this around. He's got a punchable face though. I, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of a punchable face. And he hits up Katie right off the bat. He goes, oh, what did he say? He goes, oh, I guess I was so surprised how confident I feel because like, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to getting rejected by girls. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, God. oh, the I know. He's like, uh, so all hard. The, all the guys keep coming up to me and saying, like, you must be like feeling nervous that you don't have any like yeah. dates this week. And they're like, no, I, I, I oddly felt like confident this week. Dude, like, don't uh, tell the girl you're trying to swoon that nobody <laughs> else wants you. I like, I shouldn't have to say that. Yeah. And oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are girls. Look, if you're a girl, you can correct me. Correct me. That's That's fine. Educate me. If I'm a girl and a dude asks if he can kiss me, there are things that you gotta, uh, like, you know, you, there, there are times to, to ask for consent, but a simple evening kiss, read the moment. She can say, like, you're in a, you're in a safe space. She can say, I, oh, whoa, we're not there yet. The, can I have a kiss? Can Whittle, can Whittle Michael have a kiss? Can Whittle Michael have a kiss goodnight, Katie? Dude, <laughs> just kiss her, man. You know, I, I don't know if it was this episode, maybe it was last episode. There were there were a few like, you know, classic "Can I kiss you?" lines that I thought were like played well and smooth into the conversation. Yeah, Michaels was he looked a little pouty, and he did the little droopy eyes. He goes, oh, little Michael wants a kiss. Wants a, wants a smoochie. <laughs> Can little Michael get a smooch? Can little Michael get a smoochie moochie? Uh, no. Um, Wait, oh, Michael's got a boo-boo right there. Stop. Michael, we've talked about the baby voice. I, I swear to God, put it away. It's not doing it for me. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Michael. It's just enough, man. I, I got to say this, though, because I'm seeing a lot on Twitter, people going like, oh, it's one and two. It's Greg one. It's Connor B2. Oh, what? Whoa, whoa. Show are you watching? I just wanted to say something about Connor B. Speaking of kisses, so he goes in for uh, round number two. He at least he he has the self awareness to realize how absurd his kiss was. Last I don't week. I don't like asking for a redo though. Own that it was funny. Agreed. And uh, let me wait till I get into the, the okay. redo of the kiss itself. He he owns that. You know what? I looked ridiculous. I had uh, a furry paw on your cheek last yeah. week, and then he goes in um like he's bobbing for apples he went in with such veracity all right that i i swear run the tape back and look at it she pulls like she had to pull away at the end well he and had, this is my issue is when she pulls away on her the back of her neck yeah and yeah. when when she does pull away he also does and this is this is fine but he gets a caught in an awkward situation and his back is very arched and he's like uh, his buttocks yeah. was protruding. it was just a very I'm not going to say feminine. It was just a very, like, and his arms were bad. It was not a good. No, it looked I'm not it getting good bizarre. kisses. And Katie's trying her best. And my point with bringing up Connor B there is to say, like, 
Thomas is number two, if not if not one, because that yeah. kiss with Katie, oh dear lord, they were feeling it. There were oh, sparks flying. Absolutely, yeah. Thomas Thomas was fantastic. I don't know what show people are watching where Connor B uh, comes out in second underneath uh, or behind Greg. I don't. I yeah, don't, I didn't and, see that. And I, I also got to say, like, look, we see in next week, we see the pre- the promos. We're going to go through promos every every week because we're going to start seeing the same stuff. But we see, like, the whole, oh, Thomas, oh, you just want to be Bachelor. You're here for the wrong reasons, right? Hey, bullshit. I'm not, I'm not worried because I've seen that movie before. It was the same edit, same exact edit that Jordan Rogers got. <laughs> and that dude is apparently, like, the greatest fiancé of all time and won the show. So yeah. don't go tell me like, oh, he wants to be bachelor, blah, 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 That's blah. That's why he's here, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or he just wants the gorgeous woman in front of him. Like, but what are we talking about? Like, as if the being the bachelor is a better <laughs> the, prize that, yeah. than a, a life partner who happens to be gorgeous. Like, I'll take I'll take door number one, please. <laughs> but anyways, let's, okay, we're, we're, everything before this was a waste of time. Let's jump back into Carl. Fuck Carl. Okay. What a what a cornball, dude! So basically, Katie, like we said, is is freaking out about people being there for the wrong reasons, and out of nowhere, Carl starts saying to the guys, "Well, there might be more. There might be three, four, five. And they go, "Oh, well, yeah, but like I don't think so. And even if there are, like, there's no way to know." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, but there might be. Like, I know I'm a good dude, and I know you're a good dude, and I know I'm a good dude, but who?" But anyone else, I don't know. That's like going into like, I don't even know, somewhere highly populated, a mall, and saying like, I bet you, like, simply based on the numbers here, the odds here, someone in this mall is like a bad dude. Like, someone in this mall has killed someone. Someone in this mall is probably a murderer. Like, Like, based on... Maybe. Sure. I guess, guess, maybe. But I'm just... I know I'm I'm not. I'm just here for a new pair of pants. I, yeah. I just, I just yeah. need new jeans. But like, yeah, but someone could murder you. Someone like, might be here to kill somebody. Dude. Yes. What? And he, like, look, he's a textbook tattletale. Textbook. He even has the look. He, I can smell those tattletale. He looks like a character out of recess. Dude, like, someone also sent me a hilarious screenshot of one of the hyenas from Lion King with the uh, crazy eyes because he's got some wide <laughs> yeah, yeah. peepers and uh, that eyes, is yeah. I urge people to google that because it's closer than you think like you think like oh that's a pretty crazy comparison but once you see it you're like oh and he does have that similar chaotic energy but uh, he literally did exactly what um, me and Amelia uh, Wiedemeyer who we had on the podcast to preview the season said he, people were going to do that they were going to play into the fact that Katie is like wants to know shit and get yeah. people out who are there for the wrong reasons etc now it surprised me like is it not obvious immediately that he's a fucking liar like we knew as well, viewers that like he's a huge liar obviously but to everyone else just the way he was saying like so um, hold on. like i don't know how i don't know how i guess katie was kind of caught off guard and I, I don't know what it's like to be in her shoes at this point but when he says to her and this was this was probably the cringiest part for me was when um carl was talking to katie about it and he goes and he's kind of like all giggly too which i hated and he goes, oh, you know, like there are, uh, just to let you know, there are probably some guys here that are like just not here for the right reasons. And she's like kind of caught off guard. And she goes, hold on, what? And he goes, mm. yeah, I'm just telling you, like there's, I'm just hearing some stuff floating around, which you're not, you made that up. Um, that guys are not here for the right reasons. And then, yeah. then she asks, oh, okay. And like, 
not even give me names, but can you give me specific instances or what yeah. you've been hearing? Whoa. He goes, Ooh, I, I just need you to like, trust me right now. Like you've had a really stressful day and like, yeah. I don't want to like unload on you anymore. And then she goes, all right, I get that. But, but. I want to know, I'm going to be flat out with you. I want to know right now. And he just goes, yeah, you got to trust me. You got to yeah. trust me. How do you not know that guy's lying? And, he and just then made he that goes up? out to the group and he tries to own it as if that would help his story. Like I think his thought process is like, oh, if I own it, it seems a lot more, a lot less snaky. They're yeah. also going to find out like Katie's not going to be someone who's just going to lie about who said that. Right. So he tried to get ahead of the story and then they were like, we'll name someone. And this is the bullshit thing of like, oh, I'm going to go up to them in private. It's like, well, no, no. How about you go out right in front of everybody well, and say like no? He, it's like he thought everyone was in their own individual bubble and like, well, you don't think people are going to talk to each other and realize, oh, dude, he's actually referring to nobody. It's, like, he's actually just it's making him. this up. It's him yeah, who's he, there for the wrong reason. He's actually, in fact, the dude who's there for the wrong reason. Oh, wow. How the turntables have turned yeah, for my like, man, Carl. Dude, I wild. straight up have no idea. I've watched a couple of his motivational uh, talks, too, on, um, on, on his Instagram. Dude, I, I got to say, the only thing that <laughs> the only thing that this dude's motivating me to do is fucking turn off my TV. Yeah. Intern Darren hit me with a goddamn... Dude, he's he's the precise type of villain that I love, though. I just, I love to hate him. I cannot believe, though. I cannot believe we got hit with a to be continued on Carl? Yeah. Well, you almost... On Carl with a my, K? You have to. Like, I'll be tuning in. Like, yeah, of course, it, of course. Right? But like, like, it just like it to be continued is a hefty thing to pull out a reality TV show. We're getting it week two with <laughs> yeah. Carl. With I don't Carl, know, man. Yeah. Um, but that being said, okay, let's jump into our rose and our, our thorn this week. Uh, rose, our highlight of the week, our thorn. What are we cutting off? What are we getting out of there? And uh, I don't know. I, I have two, I have two roses. I don't think you're taking, I don't think you're taking either one of them. Do you want to go first or? Um, are we going to start with, with Rose? Let's start. Actually, you know what? Let's start Thorn. Let's start negative and end positive. Okay. Uh, I mean, simply my, my Thorn has to be, I, I want to pick something specific with Carl, but I think it's just got to be Carl. Oh, it's his whole general. aura. There's not it's even just a the point. Whole, yeah, yeah, there's not even a point of picking out one specific thing i thought the it was just so cringy but also made it so great to watch but i mean come on man like what great answer what are we doing here it's, it's carl for me dude i i hate to do this to the good people of uh santa Ana pueblo but uh i dude i gotta cut the location sorry sorry people of new mexico but what Get out of here, man. I know we got some mountains in the background, but how are we gonna do dates here? It's just it's just flat rocks and a dirty river and a and a toilet. We're in we're in week one and our <laughs> best idea is to make a toilet and to maybe yeah. fish. I don't even know if there were fish in that river. I don't think they were fishing. I think oh, they, no, maybe, there yeah. I think that they maybe got like an old leather boot that they pulled out and uh and maybe like I don't know, maybe like a man's body. And they thought, oh, okay, dinner, dinner time, leave. Like a a cannonball from the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, it looks like a literal apocalypse, like post-apocalyptic uh, environment. But yeah. let's, let's, whoop, let's spin zone it. What's, what's your positive thing of the week? Yeah, so my rose of the week, um, I alluded to it earlier uh, this, uh, this episode. 
it has to be Greg because he, he honestly did a, a full 180 for me. Like I was cool. I was really impressed with the well, one the way the episode started. I thought it was really good. And I texted you at one point today when I was when I was watching and I said like this episode's almost got me in, in tears. And like when they were sharing like kind of a, a communal cry between the two of them and really Powerful kind of stuff. opening up about uh, both of their fathers and their very similar experience to an extent. Yeah. Um, like I yeah, it hit me hit me hard in the heartstrings and I uh I, I like shows that can give me that, but then also ended off with a good old Carl bitch fest at the end. So. Well, that's what is fantastic about this season is we're exactly. getting a bit of everything. Like Max, oh, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll save it. But yeah, that that did, that's a fantastic answer. It was so funny. I felt like such a moron. It was legit two seconds after I said like, "Greg, you're an idiot. How do you yeah. react?" That? He's like, "My dad just passed away too." I said, "Well, yeah. that's the one go. thing you could have said to get me back said. on your yeah. side." Yeah, um, great answer. I'm gonna give two and. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I don't have to get the, like the horny boink for this. I'm, I'm not trying, but Katie's kissing man, because Matt James, I love him and I'll stand by that man through anything, but not, not a great kisser. It's good to have Katie is a fantastic kisser. She's throwing it out uh, with, with a lot of guys, which is awesome. And uh, that's just, it's important for the main lead to not be dropping the ball on every kiss because a big part of it's a big part of a season. I don't know if you're on board with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I let me hit a, you with this one. Awesome Con- controversial, but I'll explain why. And I think you'll agree. And you know what? Deep in their hearts, I think our listeners and viewers agree too. My I rose this week is going not to Carl, but to hating on Carl. Because this <laughs> is what I love is is villains like this and you know what's awesome i was telling you about this um just earlier today is that i think this season is going to be pockets of drama which is when in my opinion the bachelor is at its best i don't need a victoria storyline that goes six weeks and then we have to get rid of 50 girls at once i want a villain who's the shitty annoying guy who's in for two weeks carl's gone next week i'm not gonna have to deal with him after that he's done cody bye see ya there's gonna be another one they're gonna go and like we're just jumping around these different storylines while having some real shit so like carl that's the drama i love i hate that you exist but i love that you exist in this show yeah i I think the drama like that we got with matt james and like victoria's uh season i think that can be entertaining to an extent but it gets so tiresome at the end it just just consumes too, too long it's too long. It would have been great if it was two weeks of it condensed. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And like you said, I think these pockets of kind of these individual events or scenarios kind of arising uh, in different episodes is what makes The Bachelor so so good. Because we know so people move on. People want to hate yeah. someone, right? I'm not talking about the viewers. Yeah. I'm talking about in the house. There's going to yeah. be a new beef. Once Carl's gone, okay, Thomas. Okay, Greg, you're getting sure. too much time with her. They're going to find a new target. It's okay. Yeah. You don't and need I, to keep the old ones around. After you and I talked about that this morning before I actually watched the episode, and then while I was watching the episode, I was kind of thinking about that. And, you know, it made me think, but before this season started, we, I think all three of us were pretty harsh initially on what this season was to be and our expectations for it. Yeah. And I, I know we're two weeks in, and like I said, I really like this episode, but it's, it's really changed it for me. Yeah. My initial expectations and then what – what it's been so far Same. so it's just i, I really like classic that. season of bachelor we had yeah. to recalibrate our expectations you know but i'm in we needed that we needed that we needed, we needed yeah. that and we got an interesting group of guys as well yeah. and next week we're going to be doing our draft we are going to be doing our yeah. draft three guys each 
I want first pick, dude. I'm gunning for first pick. I mean, I don't know. We'll figure out how to figure it out beforehand. Um, but but we'll we three guys each, and uh, and we'll see. But know what I love is I think there are three very viable contestants to go to the end. We're ripping yeah. on Connor B, but like he's not a bad third. No, there are other people who could emerge. So we'll see. I'm very excited. But all right, guys, we uh, and don't hey, if you're not a basketball fan, we got some great rapid fire fun. We're going to be talking about some some feedback from the listeners. I know Coop and Beer have some great answers for us. We're going to be going through each series. We're going to be talking about real quick looking at Nikola Jokic gets the MVP honors, Rudy Gobert defensive player of the year. So a lot of fun stuff. Let's jump in with our boy ear. All right, guys, let's jump in to our NBA segment. First things first, before we jump into our rapid fire question of the week, a couple of quick hits. I'm going to run through them real quick. If you have any additional thoughts, you can throw them in. If not, we can just move on to the next. A couple basic ones here. Jokic wins MVP. First center since Shaq to win the award. Um, that, that stat, it's, it's interesting. I threw it out earlier this season. Um, we're kind of ignoring Kevin Garnett, uh, Tim Duncan, and kind of Giannis as true big men, but still uh, first center to win the award since Shaq. Also the lowest pick, 41st to win the award. Beer, I know I sent this to you, but there's that amazing clip going around of the Taco Bell commercial playing while Jokic was drafted. And also, I guess the first, first center ever to or first MVP ever to be drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. So very, very big. Uh, what are your thoughts? You knew it was coming. You want to bet with me with that win. So uh, it's good for you as well. Yeah, I'm amped. I knew it the second that Taco Bell commercial rang. He uh, was destined for greatness. You called it early though, dude. I got to give it credit like to you. like four years ago, I think. Yeah, sophomore. It was sophomore season. You you called it. Yeah. And uh, and Coop, any thoughts? Deservedly so, you think? Yeah, deservedly so. I think uh, I think we were all unanimous on, on our picks yeah. uh, for MVP going into to the end stretch. Obviously not the way he wants to close out the, the postseason, but not, not the first MVP to get swept. And, uh, and we'll jump into uh, to the end of that series when we go through, uh, through each series. But my last little highlight of the week here, Gobert walks away with Defensive Player of the Year. This one is a little, I don't know, somehow a little more interesting uh, to me. Because since the induction of the award, the introduction of the award in 1983, Gobert, only the fourth player ever, to win it over three times. Joins Dwight Howard, who won it three times, Dikembe Mutombo, who won it four times, and Ben Wallace, who won it four times. Here's my question. Will he get a fourth? Do you think he might even get a fifth? He's not even 29 yet. So it's not crazy. Uh, the Jazz are going to have a good team defense. I don't really think there's there's no voter fatigue when it comes to defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. At least there hasn't really been in, in the past, even with someone, um, no offense to Rudy, but is generally annoying as Rudy. So do you think he gets a fourth or does he break the all-time record and get a fifth? What are your thoughts? Start with you, Beer. I think he's probably going to get a fourth at mm -hmm. some point. I kind of do think voter fatigue sets in with all these. It's the same people voting every year. It's not like a fan yeah. thing where... Yeah, yeah. I, I think voter fatigue might hit... Or not fatigue. I think voter fatigue may hit after the fourth where it's like, do we want this guy to lead all time? 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think we want him to be on that same level with Dikembe, et cetera. I don't know. What do you think, Coop? Yeah, that's the kind of the way I, I was leaning. I don't see why he wouldn't or why he couldn't get a, a fourth. Yeah. Uh, but then when he, you start considering it like that, like, oh, do we want Rudy Gobert to be the all-time leader of Defensive yeah. Player of the Year? Then it comes down to that whether he'll. But he, he might deserve it. He might yeah, just maybe, want to. Maybe he will. Yeah. Now, do you think? Here's last question pertaining to it. Do you think he's he will might end up being almost a lock for the Hall of Fame? Because if you look at those numbers, he's going to have probably a couple more All Star selections in there. He's going to have a lot of wins under his belt. Uh, a few All Defensive Teams, All NBAs. I don't know. Does Gobert make the Hall of Fame? I think so, dude. I think once you get, I don't know, once you get three defensive player of the years, I I think you will. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Good. Yeah? No? I think two-time NBA All-Stars are in the Hall of Fame, though. Can't be a lot, right? No, but he's like, but that's different oh, than like. A, he's in a different level than all the other ones, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it's kind but, of crazy. I think he'll probably. I'm assume. I'm assuming he he racks up a couple more All Star appearances. I know it's tough in the West, and and we'll see. But it's at least interesting because again, this is another guy where you didn't think he was going to be in a Hall of Fame discussion. He could definitely miss it. Lock is a pretty strong word, but uh, but yeah, shout out to Rudy. It kind of snuck be. up on me that he's in that elite company. But mm-hmm. all right, fellas, let's jump into our rapid fire question this week. Only one. Only one. But it was announced this week that big news following the premiere of Space Jam, A New Legacy, LeBron is going to change his number back from number 23 to six, a move that caused plenty of speculation about the movie having a potential MJ cameo. I saw some of those rumors swirling that maybe MJ joins the Toon Squad. LeBron gives him his jersey number, goes back to number six, and now it's canon that LeBron's number six. And I don't know, guys. When was the time you decided you needed an aesthetic change? We'll start. Uh, we'll start with my boy Coop. What are you thinking? Um, yeah, so, so somewhere around mid uh, mid grade eight, um, I decided. You know what? Maybe maybe uh, David actually has a picture of this that he could throw up uh, for the uh, the viewers right now as well. I had hair that kind of resembled early Justin Bieber. Um, oh, I, I'll like, find a pic. I'm sure you'll have a pic for that one. I think you do. I'm wearing like a pinkish Aeropostale shirt. Always. I always have that picture. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of clued to me like, oh, man, like I'm going to high school next year. I, I got to, you know, I'm growing up. It's time to mature a bit. I've had that, that haircut for a few years at that point. Yeah. And I decided to, uh, to kind of go with the, the more classy, kind of shorter on the sides, a, a bit of hair on the top. High and tight. High and tight. And then we've, we've been rocking a variation of that ever since. One of three acceptable haircuts by Ron Swanson. So I, I, I respect it. It's a gentleman's haircut. All right. And, and it looks fantastic. And it oh, looks fantastic. Beer, what, what you got? Just to get ahead of this, not an attack on either of the mustached men on this podcast, but I think I, I few, wouldn't take it so. A few months into the pandemic, I, I was growing a bit of a mustache as much mm-hmm. as I can. And the hair was getting a little long because the uh, barbershops were closing. I just had to look at myself in the mirror and say, you look like a creep. Like, you can't do this anymore. (laughs) You got to shave your face. It's not ironic. It's not funny anymore. You just look bad. Well, dude, first of all, I'm going to disagree with you. Second of all, uh, I'm always going to defend a mustache. I thought it looked good. But with the hair, I get. Because I have a similar answer. And at the moment, like, the mustache is a part of me. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, anywhere 
anytime soon. So I'd like the hair to go somewhere because when I started the pandemic, or when the pandemic started, when I started the pandemic, when I uh, <laughs> when I went to Wuhan right and, and forced that bat to bite me, um, I. I, I thought, okay, this is a good time to grow out my hair. Finally do it. I'm not in an office. Like it was kind of like a feeling of liberty, right? Like you're kind of beginning of, of everyone being isolated. You have uh, some control over an aesthetic change. Grew it out. But then things opened up and I got it cut to a regular, a regular length. And then things shut down again. And it kind of flipped on its head where like the fact that I was growing it out the first time was freedom and liberty and now this time it's like pr prison bars draping down my neck right now and i i can't do anything about it and so this is tough to say last week a viewer hit up our account to tell us that i looked like bo burnham with the mustache bo burnham at the end of inside which is, and and the worst part is they they uh, they followed it up with and that's not an insult well that makes it four thousand times worse like yeah. the fact that they tried to soften it with like no, no no i mean that in the nicest way possible i don't know if i even agree with it but their general sentiment was that i looked unkempt and a little and i guess a little bit creepy so I'm, ro I'm rocking the hat until i can get a cut on the pod not permanently but the hat will stay on during the pod well, until i can until three I can weeks or so i hope i hope it's just a few more weeks i hope yeah i would imagine so i would imagine it wouldn't be more than that so uh so rest assured any viewers this is this, it'll get cleaned up it does it does suck that that was beer's answer and that he was able <laughs> to like correct it and i'm like yeah i need an aesthetic change i just can't really do anything about it right now so uh yeah fantastic answers though guys all right Let's jump into let's jump into our NBA topics going through just every series. I really just want to hear kind of your biggest takeaways generally because again, it's a weekly pod. So play, games are happening tonight. They're going to be happening uh, all week, so it's tough to keep up with with every specific game, but as we're looking at these series, we're going to jump into our thoughts and we're going to start in the West. We're going to start with Utah and the Clippers tied 2-2 after last night. Of course, we are recording this. We record these on Tuesdays. It's June 15th at the moment. I was telling Coop today, Beer, I literally don't even know who I want to win this series. It's so tough because Utah is such a corny organization to me. Their fans have, have like this, I don't know, a pretty long history of racist comments. Carl Malone is one of the worst people on earth, has the corniest signature dunk of all time. What the fuck is this? But so I don't love the jazz, but then I love, I love to hate playoff P and Patrick Beverly and Marcus Morris. I don't know uh, who are, first of all, maybe what, who are you guys even rooting for in this series? I know Coop is going for uh, the Jazz, but who, who do you even want to win out in this series, Beer? And then maybe give us some of your your key takeaways, maybe what you, what you think is going to happen in the next couple games. I think I would echo what you said. I want neither of them, them to win, to be honest. They're both <laughs> Everyone goes win. to eight games, double elimination. Yeah, I just want them both to get really tired so they can have a, another sweep by the Suns in the next series. That's my, well, you're, yeah. my major ambition. You are a Suns guy. You're a yeah. Chris Paul guy. Yeah. Apparently Coop is too. I appreciate the jersey. Um, I think the Clippers get it done. I just think the top end of their two guys is better than probably Donovan's top end at this point, especially with Mike Conley, a little knocked up. I, I, 
Thank God. Yeah, little marked up. He's, he's that just would be... slightly <laughs> pregnant. He's just a couple weeks long, but people know, like, it's crazy. It's tough to that. Intern Darren. Intern Darren, put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Oh. Slightly knocked up, Intern Darren. Now, but I do I do agree with your, your general uh, sentiment beer. That, that was my thoughts exactly. Donovan Mitchell, he was balling earlier this postseason. He's still, you know, he's still playing well. They dropped 37 in game one, 45 in game two. But the Clippers in the last two games, they've kind of found a way to, it's kind of the same way they found a way to slow down Doncic in the first round. Now they're starting to figure out uh, Mitchell in terms of like, they're really having Kawhi double team him and like swoop in at the last second and like you know swipe down at the ball and like those long arms on a double team are there they, it looks like it's flustering him a little bit people did anoint him the best jazz player of all time and people did say he's the next Dwayne Wade like Donovan Mitchell's awesome and I'm sure I underrated him like he, he is a, he is a huge star he's gonna be a pretty all-star but let's chill out a bit. He's not the best player in this series, right? There's, there's still Kawhi Leonard on the floor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a couple other thoughts, but but what, what are you thinking, uh, Coop? Do you see it going the same way? You think it's going to be star-driven for the clubs down the stretch? Yeah, and like you said, like if I had to choose a team between the two, I would choose the Jazz. I don't think the Jazz, like kind of beer side, I don't think they're going to pull it out in the long run. Mm. Um, by the way, that, that hating on the Clippers kind of stems from, obviously, like being a LeBron fan. I, I mean, I got only root for one uh, sure. LA team. So that's what that sends from anyways. But um, kind of like Beer said, I think what Kawhi is bringing to the table will ultimately, if, if this series kind of does go the distance as well, uh, which are looking like it, it might be tied right now. Mm. Um, I'm just thinking coming from Kawhi's end and, and Paul George as well, it will just produce more than what Gobert or Gobert. Well, yeah, I guess Gobert and Donovan will give you. Well, I mean, and they, they need to, too, because Marcus Morris, he's been useless yeah. this series, man. Uh, I guess before last night, he hit some threes early last night, but the entire team has looked really lackadaisical aside from uh, Kawhi, Reggie Jackson, Paul George. Yeah. They were, they're throwing these dumb casual passes down the stretch. Look, against the Jazz's defense, you, you may as well just throw in the towel if you're going to be handing away possessions. Uh, they, they've obviously sharpened up over the last two games. But look, we, we've also seen them go up and down. So I could just see them regressing. And it, it is kind of an effort thing or a concentration thing on a game-to-game night. The good thing is they were able to put up uh, 132. Last night it was 130-plus points against the Jazz. That's a huge confidence boost for a team that really struggled in those first two games to score the basketball. Um, we talked about Reggie Jackson. He's looked great. Paul George, as much as I love to make fun of him, he's woken up a lot um he's kind of found a way like he's hitting those mid-ranges he's avoiding Gobert well uh look and obviously Kawhi is back to being one of the best players in the world again he showed that throughout the first round he kind of had a rough couple first games but he's back that being said the Jazz don't look panicky to me at least like they they do still seem even in uh these last two games at least composed which which last year as the the nuggets were coming back they just seem to be falling apart and so it is definitely a different jazz team but uh but i i again i said it last time i said it last round i said it at the beginning of this round i'll say it again like again sometimes it just comes down to who has the best player sometimes basketball it's not rocket science and uh and i just trust Kawhi more than more than mitchell so i don't know you guys are thinking seven games six games i'll say six 
Clips in six. All right. Clippers in seven. They're gonna yeah. have one stinker. I think I think I think probably clips in in seven as well. I would probably guess. But uh, all right, let's jump into Phoenix and Denver. Well, that one's over. Suns swept the Jazz. <laughs> Following Jokic's, it was a controversial ejection. We can talk about that for a second, I guess. I mean, it's over. But a lot of people were mad at, at the ref's decision to throw Jokic out. I think as the rules written, uh, he kind of had no choice. I mean, Jokic too. He's someone. I mean, uh, maybe you don't bring reputation in to it, but. Uh, it's hard not to. The refs are only human. He throws out frustration fouls. He's done All this his, his yeah. entire career. Yeah. He also clearly swings his arm. <laughs> makes con- He makes contact with campaign's face, for sure. And uh, and then afterwards, again, maybe you shouldn't bring this into whether it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two, but he gets caught in altercation right after. And I mean, last night, we saw Ben Simmons, a hard foul on John Collins right after he says, Hey, I'm sorry. I, I guess like John Collins got up, fired up. I guess yeah. Ben Simmons, the apology was adequate because he was fine. He goes, oh, okay, we're all good. Hard playoff foul. And that was just a flagrant one. So uh, yeah. again, they were different situations, but, uh, but I do think how you react after is uh, it, do, it does, it does make a difference. Look, I mean, he's sure. 90 feet gonna, from his own yeah, basket. If you're also going to get very uh, like in people's faces like that, uh, complete opposite reaction to Ben Simmons, I think. Yeah, uh, that's not going to help your case. It's not going to help your case. And look, the game, look, it was an eight point game. I think at the time they maybe ended up winning by eight. The game was over. The game was, it, uh-huh. it wasn't, it wasn't as close as the box score indicated. What, what were your, you have any thoughts on that beer? Just a little uh, in fairness to Jokic, he did check on campaign after the, uh, after the foul, but kind of, yeah, like, he, he did. I, I'm with you. It, like whether or not he made clean contact, like he just swung at him. It was so a crazy should, yeah, line. It's yeah. yeah. Yeah, big windup. And you're also like, maybe you're saying, I guess he was going for the ball, but it's like, dude, you're 90 feet from your own basket. If it's an intentional foul, wrap him up, but you're not defending the hoop. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what game the Jokic brothers were watching, but they didn't see it the same way. They were pissed, man. <laughs> they were trying to come down to the stands. Worth looking up. But, uh, but Chris Paul, let's talk about him real quick. Because, look, I, I don't want to just talk about how the Nuggets – uh, look, the Nuggets didn't have Murray. Um, he, he, it was obvious that Jokic was missing Murray this this series. But i got to give all credit to the Suns. Chris Paul was unstoppable. These stats, they literally – they don't even seem real. Average 25 points per game, 10 uh, ten assists, one and, uh, 1.2, not even one and a half turnovers per game. So a crazy, crazy efficient game. And then we get into the percentages. You're not even going to believe these. 63, 75, and 100% shooting splits. What? 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 (laughs) Insane. All the Sun starters averaged over 10 points per game on basically uh, 50% field goal percentage. I'm, I'm boosting it up a little bit. I think Booker was at like 49. Whatever. Everyone shot well. Everyone scored well. Um, man, the Suns vibes, the vibes are impeccable. The vibes are pristine. Their fans are traveling for every series. Those Denver games felt like Suns games at times. They're, they're the people's champ of a basketball team. You guys agree? Like, I feel like most Absolutely. of the NBA world is cheering for the Suns right now. I'm just, I just feel blissful about the Suns right now. I barely yeah. have words. Yeah. Just, just basking in it. I honestly, I think, I think they feel comfortable against Utah or LA. And, and again, sometimes we do get caught up and ride the wave a little too hard. But all I'm saying is like, I think Aiden would 
dominate the Clippers inside, especially from what we've seen from Gobert in the first uh, couple games of that uh, this series um, against the Jazz. Like offensively, I'm taking Aiton over Gobert. Um, and the Suns are kind of used to facing a defense uh, like the Jazz in terms of the Nuggets like having having a big man that's going to drop on every pick and roll. That's where they were getting killed. Is Chris Paul is like, okay, Rudy, you want to drop down to the paint? I'll shoot the mid range every single time. That's how Paul George is killing him right now. Like you can kind of see Jazz defense. Obviously, it's a different animal than the Nuggets. You can kind of see the holes. Uh, it, they're, they're similar that the Suns would be able to exploit. Do you guys have an opinion on who they'd rather face or you'd rather see them face if you're a uh, Suns fan? Start with I you, Pierre. would rather play the Clippers because I feel like they can kind of handle the top end of Kawhi and PG. They got the wings for unders. it. Yeah, and like Chris Paul-led team isn't going to have those like stinker games that the Clippers have, so they can kind of – coast through those ones, get some wins, and then hopefully stay with them when they're at their best. Yeah. What do you what do you think, Coop? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Fear there too. I also think for, for good basketball sake, I'd kind of like to see a Clippers uh, Phoenix matchup. I think that would be that'd be fun. Sure. Yeah. I mean I, I just love that I love this team, man. They are so fun to watch. They they have a fantastically likable coach who by all accounts is just a great dude. They have an old superstar that everyone's kind of come around on and loved. I mean beer you haven't strayed from the chris paul camp i'd honestly i'd like to say i haven't either i like i want i've always wanted him to get that ring you have a young superstar in devin booker that everyone seems to love and then a supporting cast who doesn't like mikhail bridges and deandre Ayton? these guys are awesome i don't know it's just a likable team i think they got to be the favorites right Ooh, i guess so i like the nets it would have been and then i guess with the Kyrie injury harden's not back yet i mean yeah, I think they, I think they, sure. I don't hate, yeah. I think they're probably the favorites. I can't tell, are you trolling? You're kind of smiling right now. No, I'm just really no. happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's jump to the East before beer gets, uh, gets too excited. All right, so let's look at Brooklyn, Milwaukee. We just alluded to them. So first of all, the last two games have been awesome. I love game three being decided by Bruce Brown. Incredible. That's fantastic. I'm sure the Nets came into the playoffs thinking they were going to live and die by the Bruce Brown show. But uh, in all seriousness, credit to the Bucks for rallying after such a terrible start. I assume this would be over in five games. Coop was like, I, I it was thrown yeah, out I... a sweep last week. He <laughs> thought it was over. But uh I mean, for the sake of good basketball, I'm, I'm glad I was wrong. And honestly, while the basketball gods giveth, they also taketh away. And uh, and Kyrie Irving going down in game four, um, look, that that sucks. But it was a basketball play from Giannis. There's, no, there's nothing you can debate on that injury. I mean, people land awkwardly uh, all the time. That's just something that happens. It sucks. But, uh, dude, Glenn Davis was on a podcast today saying that's what you get for stepping on lucky. Like, Glenn, just oh. shut up, up man just shit like no who whoever wants i don't think the sentence has ever been said by his family by his friends by anyone in the nba ah oh, man we should get glenn's thoughts on this nobody cares about your fan but anyway sorry we're getting off topic but uh look kevin durant obviously had a bad game three and four pj tucker is is kind of i guess found the way to, to really press up on him bothering him he went one for eight from three last game I doubt that happens for the rest of the series, uh, but 
what might happen is, is Joe Harris and we're big Joe Harris guys. I know Coop is a big Joe Harris guy. He's played, he's played very poorly on, on the road uh, these past couple games. The thing is also is Katie just has to do, he has to do so much defensively. He's their number one rim protector. Um, it's a lot for him to do both on, on each side of the ball but I still see them regrouping. I mean, it's t- I just don't like betting against Kevin Durant. The Bucks should feel good. But in reality, all they did was take care of business at home, right? This feels like a Herculean win, but they still don't have home court advantage. For sure. The well, Nets also, do – yeah, go ahead, Coop. The James, I, I just was looking at James Harden's supposed to play tonight, actually. So There we go. That was up in the air um, yeah, it, earlier well, this still, morning. It still says expected to play, so it's not confirmed. But Okay. I mean, well, I mean, that makes a huge if difference. If it's not this game, likely uh, – the next after that anyway so they do their their best work as well though you've seen all season with their backs against the wall um yeah. well okay you're there you're at the wall yeah um yeah. and again i'll say it like again it sounds dumb it sounds oversimplified, but sometimes threes are just worth more than twos and that's what we saw all four games so far when the bucks hit threes they look like the team they've, they've always been but uh i don't know i I see the Nets' offense bouncing back. What What are your thoughts, Beer, on uh, on this series going into Game Five? Yeah, especially regarding the Harden thing. I think if there's like two of those three guys that you'd want to have out there, if it was only going to be two, those Harden and Durant are the guys. So that's obviously a big boost for them. If mm-hmm. that's Harden is at all healthy, like hopefully it's not a Anthony Davis situation where he's out there trying to do something but clearly isn't ready to be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree, and it it might be. I mean. I, I know you say hopefully it's not, but like whatever they can, they kind of need all they can get right now. Like they'll yeah, sure. they'll take it, especially a James Harden. It's like, dude, this is your chance at a ring. If I kind of feel like, like James Harden could still be effective with like one leg just like dragging behind the other. For leg. sure, yeah, you'll yeah. you'll you'll still yeah. If James yeah. Harden had to get a leg amputated this afternoon and they wheeled him out, it he'd still pro- he put up like twenty two eight and eight. Like it wouldn't be a fantastic sure. game, but he, he'd do it well on decent percentages. But. Uh, <laughs> Like take a note out of Chris Paul's book, like in terms of playing through an injury, we were saying like, sit him down. Monty Williams almost sat him down for game four, I think. Played through it and turned that whole series around and look at them now. But uh, all right, let's jump in this. So uh, this was a crazy game. I caught the end of it um, after, after Bachelorette last night. Oh my God, Philly and Atlanta, man. Okay, so both Carson and I, we, we thought the Hawks would take this series after game one. The Sixers defense has woken up. We've kind of found Simmons is able, and this is what I was hoping to see more of. Simmons is able to post up every single play. Doc Rivers is finally using Simmons' size on Trey defensively, crowding him, trapping him with those long wing defenders. And look, you never like to see an injury, but (laughs) this is a bit harsh. But Sixers fans, they got to be a little glad to see Danny Green go down with an injury. I mean, that man is a corpse defensively. He used to be a good defensive player, but they have looked way better since he's gone down. And uh, it also does strike me. He's a little old to go by Danny. I think he's got to be Dan Dan, Dan Dan Green. Dan Green. Maybe Dan Green, and he can start writing uh, like a book series. It sounds like an author. Maybe I will say is... He has pet snakes though, so I feel like if you have pet snakes at any age, you can still go by Danny because it's I'm, that yeah, is it's yeah. a it's a specific rule, but you know what? I'm I like it. I think you're okay. right. I think you're right. And any like small rodent as well. Yeah, if you if you have like a, <laughs> a chinchilla, a hamster, gerbil, or gerbil, yeah, a hamster. Now, yeah. 
really the, what this whole series has come down for is it Embiid being unstoppable and, and he was dominating every single game this series and then he fell apart last night completely fell apart he was really forcing it went over for 12 in the fourth quarter completely blew a wide open layup at the end i couldn't believe it then i saw the replay he missed even worse than i thought i, I don't even think it. he hit rim man i think it went just backboard and off it, it reminded me immediately immediately like i wasn't alive for it but we've all seen the clip of patrick ewing missing that wide open layup down yep. the lane 1995 game seven same vibe i don't know how he missed it it feels like that meniscus is still bothering him though and uh and maybe getting worse throughout the series uh he's also clearly exhausted he's buying time between every free throw you saw him slowly walking like really trying to milk that time between free throws if a beat goes down uh, simmons and harris like they have to step up though i'm not saying like down out of the series but if he has an off game like he did last night yeah, you have to carry the load offensively. He's been carrying you this whole postseason. They couldn't even show up one game. I love Simmons, but like, look, it's on Harris too. Both of you, you gotta like start carrying the load on offense, man. Still, still though, uh, I think the Sixers are the favorite in my opinion. And credit to the Hawks, that was a hell of a comeback. They rallied. They stayed composed. I just, I think the Sixers have the answer for Trey Young still in terms of crowding him with, with Simmons. I think they have better matchups still. I, I, I think it's going to be a long series. I see it going to seven. Again, I'm kind of hedging my bets. I love picking a seven-game series because I'm not quite wrong if the other team or wins. But uh, I don't know. How do you guys see this one shaking out? We going to, we going to game seven, baby? Give me Philly in six. Billion six. All right. What, what, what yeah. are you saying, Coop? I'll stick with seven. I think that's what what you and I initially said uh, early on. This this one we I go said the Hawks distance. and six. You said Hawks and six. Okay. Um, I think I said I think I said Hawks and seven, uh, and I'll stick with that. Cool. I'm gonna switch yeah. it up. I'm going Sixers and seven because them's the rules, baby. No <laughs> rules over here. I'll flip flop every goddamn week until until the the finals are done. But. All right, fellas, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see how this uh, this shakes out with the Suns in particular. This is a hell of a run. This is a Dirk Nowitzki-type run. Shades of 2011 Dirk right here. So uh, hopefully Chris Paul can pull it out. We're all rooting for him. I see that for all the viewers or all the listeners, I should say, Coop's rocking a Devin Booker jersey right now. Hop on that bandwagon, people. I'm keeping your seat warm for you. I have not been cheering for the Suns all year until the postseason and now i'm loving it i'm drinking that kool-aid all right guys if you haven't rated reviewed subscribed all that fun stuff do it up it helps a lot appreciate you telling your friends we're growing every week on the listeners we appreciate it fellas remember a wet bird never flies at night thank you so much for joining us producer gary rip you got eaten by a bear beer if you didn't hear it's Behave, we'll run around in a wild, unruly, out of control. Well, thank you, and peace, peace. What is this?